Hello again, listeners. Today I have yet another special return episode for you. I'm speaking with Arjun Narayan, co-founder and CEO of Materialize. He told us the creation story of the product and company in Season 4, Episode 11, which I would encourage you to go back and listen to. Similar to yesterday's episode, Arjun is returning to the podcast since his prior appearance to give me major updates on the company and the product. As a reminder, Materialize is a fast, distributed SQL database based on streaming internals, which allows you to have data consistency, scalability, and low latency. You can learn more about the product at Materialize.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-I-A-L-I-Z-E.com. Well, I have a very special return guest today, Arjun from Materialize. He's rejoining us today to give us an update on the company, on the product, and all things that have been happening since we last spoke. Arjun, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you very much for having me a second time. Absolutely. But before we jump into what has happened with Materialize as a refresher, tell the audience what is Materialize? Give me the, the elevator pitch of what the product is. So Materialize is a cloud-native streaming database. So it's a database that's purpose-built for fast-changing data. Most databases that you may be familiar with tend to assume that your data set uh, changes relatively slowly. If it's a data warehouse for large-scale analytics tasks, for instance, or it's a database that's optimized for transactional systems such that they do very little changes to the data at any given point in time. As a consequence, building real-time applications today requires using these um, stream processors that are more laborious and cumbersome to use. Materialize gives you all the simplicity of using a database that's as easy to use as, say, a Postgres or a database that you're familiar with, but all the power of working on top of fast-moving, high-volume, real-time data. So tell me what has happened with the platform, with the product, with the company since we last spoke. The biggest update is Materialize is now a fully cloud-native hosted SaaS offering, uh, which has allowed us to take it apart and, and piece it back together in a much more powerful way for our users. The most important update is it's fully hosted, it, it's in the cloud, and, and there's no management or operational burden to using Materialize. Tell me about the process of taking it apart and putting it back together in a fully cloud-native SaaS offering. Tell me about what made you decide that? What made you decide that that was the best route to move forward? I think, I think most people in the industry would, would, would agree with the statement that that's where the world is going. In fact, that's where the world has been going for, for, for many years at this point. Uh, most enterprise software products have been moving to, to, to become cloud-native, uh, most enterprise uh, and, and developer tools are primarily used on the cloud, whether they are sold that way or not. Give, given that we, we, we've all sort of recognized that this has been going on, it's been a mixed result uh, in terms of companies adapting the way they build and deliver the software to make it optimized for the cloud. I think there's sort of the first wave where, where you, you take the uh, take the same product that you've been building and you just sort of host it for your customer, but that sort of misses the mark because the cloud with its own unique features such as the near infinite or, or, or seemingly infinite scalability of various dimensions allows you to re-architect your product to be truly cloud native and take full advantage of things that couldn't be delivered uh, before in an on-premise piece of software where you sort of had to hedge around the fact that it could be deployed in a wide variety of hardware configurations. And 
that's that's been a large part of what we've been occupying ourselves with is is not so much the hosting it in the cloud part, um, but in the rethinking what we could build even better for our users now that we are singularly focused on delivering materialize as a cloud native product. So I'm an engineer, right? I'm I'm a, a math nerd. I'm a data nerd, and I'm I'm and I'm sure a lot of my audience would like to hear. Tell me. Tell me about the impact that this new approach is making for your you know, clients, your customers. What is the data behind the impact? The biggest one is that users can get a unified approach to a wide variety of uses that really benefit from having a single control plane, whereas previously uh, many of our users had, you know, dozens of little materialized databases running around. And, and, and this might be familiar to folks who you know, perhaps are operating a data architecture that has dozens of Postgres databases around, right? You have some for staging, you have some for testing, you have some in production, you have multiple tiers of uses behind the scenes, you have some P1 databases, you have some P2, you know, less critical, but still important to your business that, that are siloed away. And all of this creates a tremendous operational burden. And, and what we have with Materialize today is a single unified experience that allows you to share data amongst all of these while still having the confidence that your P1 absolutely mission critical uses do not interfere with, say, a, a dev environment that, you know, dev always benefits, for instance, from having a copy of the up-to-date data, but that becomes difficult when you're sort of migrating data from the production database to your, you know, local development environment or your cloud-hosted developer environment. And it's, it's, it's really wonderful to have both the flexibility of cloning all this data around in a single environment while having the confidence that the operational tooling exists so that you can have the confidence that one developer somewhere is not going to take down prod. Okay, so so with Materialize, with the new you know SaaS offering, complete SaaS offering, say I've got a, a solution built on a different platform. How do, I, how do I get over to Materialize? How do I utilize Materialize or how do I most effectively take advantage of the platform? So the first part would be hooking up your data sources, right? So you might have data flowing through a data architecture using a message bus like Apache Kafka, or you might want to pull data directly from a database like Postgres. And the first step is you you sign up for a materialized cloud account, you get access, and then you connect up these sources of data. And then Materialize starts streaming them in, pulling automatically, continuously um, from Kafka or from Postgres uh, your data. And then you write SQL queries on top of this data. And the unique thing about Materialized is you can create these, you can take any query and you can create a materialized view that will continue to stay up to date, updating incrementally in the background at all times as that data streams in. And so when you query from these materialized views, you're always getting a fully completed result that is up to date with all the upstream data sources, even when the data even when the query itself is transforming a lot of data, it's extremely stateful, it's extremely complex, you don't have to worry about any of that. You just have these materialized views that are sort of almost magically always up to date. So, you know, in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, there may be some folks that don't really understand the, the difference between on-prem and, and cloud. 
And, and I'm curious, you know, uh, my question is this, when you were describing now there's this fully SaaS cloud-based offering, when I've got, you know, the on-prem materialized in the closet next to my office, it's probably going to be pretty fast, right? How do you maintain the low latency, the speed uh, while putting it into the cloud over on-prem? Does that question make sense? It does make sense. In fact, I think latency and speed isn't really that big of a problem in the cloud because, to be honest, most people are running most of their stuff in cloud instances anyway, right? Like most of our users were running Materialize in an EC2 container on AWS. So the lived experience of the latency isn't very different whether we're operating it or the users are operating it um, in terms of speed and latency. The other thing is most of the latency comes from moving the data around, say, from your Kafka to your um, Materialize. And one of the ways in which you can really bring that down is by co-locating your Materialize right next to your Kafka cluster, right? And and most of our users have their Kafka clusters running, say, in AWS region in, call it US East 1, right? And when Materialize, you can spin it up in, in US East 1, the actual movement that is happening behind the scenes is that those two systems are, are very closely co-located and, and moving across in the same data center. And as a result, the latency doesn't really get affected as much as you would think when most users are are building cloud-native data infrastructures anyway. Okay, so with this new update, right, there's probably some new tooling or new sort of languages perhaps that our people are going to have to learn, or is it still based on, you know, good old SQL? It's good old SQL in the cloud. I think um, that's that that much has, has always been an evergreen part of our story is is that users really just want the simplicity of SQL and they want it without any of the operational burdens of, of, of being a database administrator or having to have pager pager alerts set up to their database infrastructure. So last time last time we talked, you know, we talked through the origination story in your episode of of you know telling the creation story of materialize. And and we talked about the incremental compute engine, right? That that your co-founder had written some papers about and it was sort of the basis of, of what you were building. Did any of that change or improve or was you know built upon in new ways with the SaaS offering? This this is something I hinted at earlier, which was going to a fully hosted SaaS offering gave us the opportunity to really rethink and rebuild um, a better experience for users. And one of the things that we did was we disaggregated what had previously been tightly co-located into a single deployment into many moving parts that you could independently scale as a user. And really what this comes down to is we built a storage engine uh, for storing all of your streams of data and separated that from your compute engine and then allowed you to scale these two independently. And that gives you this wonderful property where you can sort of build a very complex data flow architecture with many different parts, which at the same time, um, using the same simplicity and flexibility of doing all of that in SQL. So our storage engine is cloud native in that everything that is ingested gets stored permanently on S3. This is extremely cheap and extremely scalable, right? It's this near infinite scalability that you have um, at the lowest possible cost. I don't think you could really beat 
S3 costs for storing data. At the same time, it's still accessible at extremely low latencies by any compute cluster. We call these compute clusters what previously you would have needed in order to get the lived experience of having five separate compute clusters. You'd have to deploy five different materializes, right? And then you'd, you'd um, control each of them independently. None of them would know about each other. And you'd probably use a lot of scripting and automation to sort of keep them in sync if you wanted to do that. And instead, now everything sort of connects through a unified single control plane. And then you just type a, a new SQL um, command that we came up with, create cluster. And that spins up the compute part, which is which is what you, you, you talked about earlier, the incremental compute maintenance, the, the data flow engine. In, in an EC2, uh, in, in, in a container on EC2. That compute cluster can pull from any of the ingested S3-backed sources of data, right? So you've, you've got potentially hundreds of gigabytes of data or, or more being continuously ingested, but now it's also shared amongst all of your compute clusters that can mix and match, that can join that data together, and then that you could sort of feed them to each other in some sort of stage pipeline. So you might have, say, compute cluster one, call it, you know, enricher, right? It's the data enricher that pulls data from a few different Kafka topics, joins that across uh, multiple different tables from Postgres, and creates a more enriched source of data that's potentially useful to multiple different teams in your company. You can then have that get saved back in S3, and then multiple different teams, say there's a machine learning team that wants to not have to redo all that work of, of, of re-enriching that data. That could be sort of a standard service provided by your data engineering team. They spin up their own compute cluster, call it ML, and that reads that enriched data source. And now you've got the staged pipeline where the data is flowing in from these external sources of data, being enriched by one compute cluster. And then these are all independent failure domains, right? So if one of these clusters goes down, yes, the data stops incrementally updating, and you are now potentially serving stale data uh, to your customers. We can talk a little bit about some of the other work that we've done um, in making these highly available, because not only can you run this in a staged fashion, you can run these in parallel. And we've really been able to take what in the past we had viewed as a singleton, the incremental data flow updating compute engine and make it a component that can be endlessly replicated and reused across a larger materialized control plane environment. That's super exciting and, and really fascinating technology and the ways that you're solving that problem. I think something that really, you know, jumps out at me I take a database, right? And it's simple, you know, simple thought uh, of a database. You've got tables and you join those tables to create some sort of view of it, right? What's interesting or jumps out at me and materializes the multi-way and the cross-stream joins, right? Uh, so you've got, you know, multiple different sources or multiple different streams and you can join them like they are sitting in the same, same database. Tell me a little bit about that because I think my audience would find that just as fascinating. That's probably the number one most um, delightful feature that our users love, which is without materialize, joining disparate streams of data is is very hard. And, and the primary reason for this is it's a computationally difficult task that involves a lot of state management. A good way to think about this is try to try to imagine you have some segment web events hot off the presses by a segment, right, as users are navigating your website. And you are trying to join this against your transactional data to, let's say, measure whether users who are hitting your website are taking some action that, you know, is hitting your transactional database. So you have 
events coming from segment with some IDs. You have transactions coming out for your database, and you are trying to line these things up. Now, this requires that whatever system is lining these things up, so to speak, has to be able to keep all the unmatched pieces of data in some data structure and sort of quickly match them up as new ones come in. And this could end up being potentially very large, right? You might have a fairly large set of outstanding, not yet matched events. And this is the hard part of doing streaming joints. It's the fact that it's highly stateful. Um, you might have gigabytes and gigabytes of stuff. That stuff is changing very fast. Um, as you match something, you probably want to remove it from consideration from the set. You might want to evict it. And so you really have this sort of fully generalized sort of cache invalidation-like problem, which is, you know, extremely hard to solve. What Materialize lets you do is write sort of A join B, create Materialize view as select A join B on, just as you would write it in any other sort of SQL database. So, and, and we take care of that streaming data flow incremental update state management problem for you. Right. And that really doing that efficiently in a scalable, correct, not the correctness part is maybe the most interesting because um, there's lots of ways to do this in an eventually consistent manner. But if you're actually taking some concrete actions off uh, that might, you know, that cannot potentially be an, say, say you're sending a notification or you're firing off an email, you, you can't unsend those things. Um, you might want to limit yourself only to events where you have a lot of confidence. Um, doing that in correctly in a scalable fashion is the hard technology that underpins Materialize, which my co-founder Frank McSherry built and did research over, you know, close to a decade at this point, uh, called Timely Data Flow. I I really geek out about Materialize, and the more that I look into it, and the more I hear about what you are building, it really gets me excited. And, and I think I'm not the only one, right? You, you have major players in the industry using Materialize. Is there, a, is there a case study out there you're like, wow, this really illustrates how we moved the needle with Materialize? Example, I gave you Drizzly's using Materialize to do notifications on abandoned cart using a join over transactional and web data, right? So that, 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 well, that one's a, that one's a great one because that, really is the core i think i think it distills it down to the simplest possible use case where it's like it's one joint why is this so hard but then when you consider all of the uh all of the various moving parts the fact that you have web events that are coming at a very high volume and you are and you have transactional data coming from a transactional database and you don't want to you know notification spam your customers it's exactly why materialize really shines Okay, Arjun, so, so who, who should take advantage of streaming data over batch data now? Who, who's the, you know, the first candidate you have in your mind of people that could jump in, start using this, you know, given, you know, we understand that we're moving towards streaming data as the de facto, but who should jump in now? So we have folks who generally come to us from a wide variety of, of, of initial uses or a wide variety of industries. But one of the themes that I see is a lot of folks see once they get that 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 up and running, the second use or the the use that they gravitate towards is is moving their real time, uh, moving their batch machine learning pipelines to real time. Uh, most machine learning today is done with batch offline training that updates some set of feature weights that they then deploy to production in real time, um, but they see a tremendous increase in 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 
um, their, their metrics when they incorporate the training into their real-time stack as well. And Materialize makes this really easy because it's all just SQL. Um, you can have as a closed loop your training and prediction in a continuous single online um, real-time fashion. And that's, that's, I would say, is the one thing that, that, that folks really, really get a lot of delight out of moving to real-time today. If someone wanted to get started with Materialize, if they just wanted to come in and, and try it, if they wanted to come in and figure out how can I begin to utilize all of these tools, would they need to have something started? Could they come in with nothing? Tell me a little bit about that. They could come in with nothing. So Materialize is a database that has tables, right? So you can you can start with some fresh empty tables and start inserting the events yourself. Most people come in because they already have some amount of data um, architecture already set up. And they would connect their databases. Um, We support native connection for Postgres. So we'll talk to your Postgres databases directly. Or they would do some change data capture in Kafka, which these days we're finding a growing desire of most data companies to provide real-time access to the databases without interfering with that data, without the, without interfering with the database itself, is to set up change data capture from their operational databases into a Kafka service. Or they may just have Kafka up and running already, and you connect those Kafka um, topics to Materialize. Today, Materialize is an early access. So to sign up for Materialize, you would have to go to our website and fill out a form. And we are trying to onboard users as fast as we can, that there is there is a bit of a wait list at the moment. Hopefully, by the time maybe folks folks are listening to this episode, that is, is a much shorter um, time to wait. And, and, and of course, the, the goal is to be a fully self-service product um, where folks can just you know sign up and get access to, to a cloud database within, within seconds, if not minutes. Well, Arjun, with a product like Materialize and the amazing things you're you're building there, I'm sure that folks are are going to be interested not only check out the product, but check out your team and check out you know the needs you might have, or maybe even join and work with with you and your amazing folks. Where can they find out more um, about your open positions, or are you hiring? We are hiring actively. We are a hybrid workplace with a headquarter presence in New York City but with a remote team all over the world. We're a little over 60 people, a little over half in, in, in engineering and product. We are hiring in all roles. You can find all our open roles on our website at materialize.com slash careers, I believe. The best part of, of my job is this amazing team that we've built. Um, it really is an outstanding team of, of real veterans of the industry um, who have a tremendous amount of experience. Uh, one of the nice things about databases is... These, it is the most mature part of the software industry. You know, the, the, the databases at this point are 50 years plus uh, as an industry. And, and it's a real delight to work with experienced folks who bring a lot of knowledge and skills. And it's a real joy. So we would love it. And we are constantly hiring. Um, it does not get built in, in a day or a weekend. It's a multi-year project. And we are still in the very early innings of some of our boldest and most interesting features. And please do check out our website and apply. Okay, so really exciting times, Arjun, for Materialize. Um, you continue to do great things, produce a great product. But what's next? What does the future look like post, uh, you know, post the beating down the door to get access to this uh, fully SaaS offering you have today? 
So we have a tremendous amount of work ahead of us, um, building and scaling Materialize to all of the users. You know, I, we would love to, to, to scale to the point where we can allow anyone who wants access to Materialize get access within seconds, if not minutes. Um, we would love to have, uh, um, a presence on every single uh, cloud platform. Right now, we are on AWS only, and we have an amazing set of features, um, including, you know, um, upgrades that that happen seamlessly without without any any um, loss of connectivity ever. Um, a bunch of features to make building applications on top of Materialize that much more seamless, um, and. That, that there's plenty of plenty of exciting feature releases that we are cooking up that I'm excited to show the world in the coming months and years. Well, Arjun, really appreciate you being on the show today. Really appreciate you giving me the update on all the great things you're doing over Materialize. It's really exciting to hear how you've rebuilt and redeployed for a SaaS offering for, for Materialize, built on the same concepts. Really excited to have you on the show again. It's great to chat with you. Thank you very much for having me, Noah. Amazing update from Arjun. Materialize is now fully hosted in the cloud. No more on-prem for the product. No more management and operational burden to use Materialize. And in doing so, Arjun and his team were able to optimize yet again their data streaming offering to bring you a low-latency, world-class experience. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can learn more about the product at Materialize.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-I-A-L-I-Z.com. And thanks again for listening. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.